0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Tonight I've entitled this message Breakthrough Thinking. Now here's something that I've noticed is so is so true if you study scripture. In the Bible, whenever there was a financial breakthrough, whenever there was a physical breakthrough, whenever there was a relationship breakthrough, whenever you would see people go to their level, there was always this interaction with the Holy Ghost. In God's Word in the people to change the way they think because it's not enough that we have faith for something we also have to change our thinking once we have faith for something so that the battleground of the mind doesn't defeat us with doubt and unbelief that will sneak into your life amen and so I want to start with that and show you that And I want you to hear this statement before before we get going if you're willing to change the way you're thinking, if you're willing to do that, there's absolutely nothing outside of God's will that is not obtainable for you. In other words, if I'm willing to say, Lord, I'll rethink it, I'll reason a little bit different, I'll evaluate it differently, there's nothing that stops me, that can stop me from experiencing God's best in my life. Someone ought to get excited just for that. Amen? So I want you to turn, if you would, or look up on the screen, 2 Kings chapter 5, and I'm going to show a message uh, or teach a story about Nahum, who was a leper. Now, let's go ahead and put it on the screen. Now, Nahum, a commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of the master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out at raids and had brought back captives, young girl, from the land of Israel. She waited on Naam's wife. And then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Nahum went in, went in and told his master, saying, Thus, thus said the girl who is in the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10,000 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. Now let me start with this. The interesting thing about this particular miracle of him being healed of leprosy is that during the time that it was in, there had no one ever been healed of leprosy by this prophet. Elisha Jesus himself said In his sermon On the mount or not the sermon on the mount His sermon that he did in his hometown He talked about this Miracle and said there were Many is there were many lepers in Israel But only Nahum was healed So I want you to understand This guy doesn't know God but yet He's displaying a lot of faith He's believing for something that has never been believed for and received in his generation. There had never been anybody that was a leper that was healed in his time. But he was standing in faith for it. Can you say amen? So even though he may not have been a follower of God, he definitely had some faith. So he hears about this servant girl, and the servant girl tells about the prophets, Said so the prophet will heal him. I don't know where she gets this revelation, but he acts on it. And, doesn't. and it said that he took with him Put that up in the screen, verse 5 again I want you to see this Chapter 1 It said that he brought with him 10,000 of silver 6,000 shekels of gold And 10 changes of clothing Let me break that down to you What that means The silver, or the talents Is 165,000 dollars the gold was $13,500. The ten garments, who knows? If it was from Normstrom's, it would be more money than if it was from Kmart. Amen? But that was a considerable amount of money, and he goes with his chariots, so he's got an entourage with him. He's a big shot. Now notice what happens when he gets there. Put it on the screen. The name went with—can you turn this down just a little bit, Jonathan? Then Nahum went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naam became furious. Make a note of that went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Ebenon and Fafaro, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage." And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My my father, if your prophet had told you to do something great, you would have, have, or or would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to wash and be clean? So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the mind of God, his flesh was torn like flesh, like a little child, and he was clean. Now this is the part that is just amazing to me. Here's a guy that obviously is easily offended. How many have known anybody easily offended? I mean, why would he have such a big cow about doing something so simple unless he had an enlarged ego? Unless he thought more of himself than what he ought to. Now, I want you to see something here. We often look at this miracle and go, oh, he was healed. God did more than heal him of his infirmity. The very instructions located him and revealed to him that he had an oversized ego. And understand, when a person has an oversized ego, what they have is an insecurity in their life. People that need the approval of others they need the praise of others, Uh, the kind of people that you get in an argument with and they have to win. These are insecure people. And I understand why he was insecure. He was a leper. I mean, he wouldn't be invited to the birthday parties or anniversary parties or anything else. I can understand why he would be insecure, but he not only got healed of the disease, which there was no cure, by the way, at that time, he was also healed of this insecurity in his life. You know, today when you look at the world and all the people, everybody's so insecure. You see it all over the Internet. You got celebrities. They got to put in their opinion about something and, and, and get the approval of that group of people. They're all just a bunch of insecure people. When you walk with God, the only people you have to, to be approved by... Is God as long as you're walking in the life that you know and God is approving your life that's all you need but we live in a culture that's not like that but notice he can't receive his miracle until he changes the way he thinks about the situation sometimes you'll never get your marriage better until you change the way you think about it. Sometimes you'll never get your children past a certain barrier until you change the way you think about it because the things of God can be stopped by the wrong kinds of thinking. Some people will never get promoted in their life because their thinking stops them from that promotion. They think everyone else will get it but them because they're in this place where insecurity their value is so small and little they're unable to receive from god now i want to to me the greatest challenge i have in my faith is to be positive in negative situations how do i see the best in this situation how do i see the glass full half full instead of half empty how, how do i get in a situation where there's a struggle and i can keep my thoughts positive because if you can't do that like with him he went negative got angry and almost lost his miracle but the woman talks sense in him say that say women do that to us you're not going to help me now I, wa- I want you to see something from this because the way that you think about yourself and the way that you believe about yourself will determine how far you go in the faith. I said that Sunday morning, and I want to reiterate on it and give you an example of it in Scripture. You remember Jesus said this. He was asked by a religious leader one time. said, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus gives him two answers, not just one. He's to love the Lord with God, with all your heart, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now think about that. He's telling us that our love to our neighbor can't be expressed the way that we want if we don't like ourselves. In fact, in Ephesians, the fifth chapter concerning marriage, the apostle Paul says this about a husband and his wife. He says, when you're dealing with your wife... If you don't love her like your own body, you don't love yourself. In other words, the way that I feel about myself is going to affect the way that I treat other people. If I'm not happy with my life, if I don't think I'm going anywhere, if I think I'm a nobody, if I think I'm a disaster, if I think I'm just the unlucky star or whatever, if I believe that, I'm going to treat you in a similar manner Because that's how I look at myself. Now, my question to you tonight is simply this. How do you see yourself? Because in the Bible, it's called Christ esteem. I'm giving you my interpretation. Psychology calls it high self-esteem or low self-esteem. But there's a contradiction in scripture with that. Because the Bible tells us that your real condition before you meet Christ is you're bankrupt spiritually. Matthew 5.3, Jesus on the Sermon on Mount said this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And that word poor means bankrupt. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Paul said that he took no confidence in the flesh at all. So how do you tie in this with Christ's esteem? Because the way that I look at myself is determined not by my behavior, not by what I do, but by what Christ did. I'm worthy because he's worthy. I'm righteous because he's righteous. I have confidence because he has confidence. I have all, come on, I have all authority because he has all authority, and Christ is in me. So my evaluation of myself or my new man is is a Christ esteem. It's a Christ value. It's a Christ righteousness. It's a Christ holiness, praise God. And when you value yourself like that, then you'll be able to love one another the way you need to. Amen? Isn't that true? So I believe that we need... Low self-esteem doesn't do anything for anybody. But I believe as a Christian, the way that I see myself is so much better than what the world can do with the flesh. So much better because it takes off all the limits. It takes off all the boundaries. It takes off all the things that would say, I'm not worthy to receive that... It's just so good when you see it from that standpoint. And I want you to see it tonight because the way you think about yourself, the way you believe about yourself will affect what you can receive from Christ. And some of you may be struggling with this. And let me give it an application. You may be on a second marriage or a third marriage. And if you're not careful, you're thinking like someone who has failed in the first marriage. In other words, you're thinking that you're that kind of person, that I'm just not a good spouse. That's going to affect the new marriage that you're in. What you got to say is, wait a minute, God has forgotten all of my sins. God has raised me up in him, and there's no place of grace I can't receive from him. And God looks at me as brand new. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Now you can jump into that thing with full confidence and you can change. But if you don't think right and think you're just that kind of person that always makes mistakes, then you're not going to be able to get past it. So you got to really change the way you think. I remember when I first came into the faith. See, I was raised a Catholic. I wasn't saved, but I went to church, you know, with my parents. And I remember after I gave my life to Christ and I started studying Scripture, for the first time, I heard the message about divine healing. Up to that point, I thought, oh, that just happened with the apostles. So I had to go to Scriptures and had to renew my mind... And I did this for nine months. I renewed my mind to the healing verses, to God's will and healing, all those things. And I renewed my mind and renewed and changed my mind until I realized, wait a minute, it's God's will for this. And then I started to receive healing. But I didn't receive healing when I was in the Catholic Church. I didn't receive healing way back then. But as soon as I renewed my mind and changed my mind about it, I became open to it. The devil will keep you back from, his, from God's will. He'll keep you back from wealth. He'll keep you back from health. He'll keep you back from a really good marriage if you're not willing to change. i got to change the way that I think. And the, you say, well, maybe I don't need to change. Maybe it's working out great. You always need to be growing in your thinking because if you don't, you'll get to a place you'll plateau. And anytime you plateau, you begin to lose out on what you had. If your marriage plateaus, you're going to begin to lose out on that. Whatever it is, you'll begin to lose out on it. So we want to make sure we break through that. Amen? And let me describe it to you this, how important it is how you look at yourself. How many remember the old Cracker Jack boxes? I know I'm kind of locating myself. Maybe they still have them. In the Cracker Jack boxes, they had those plastic rings. Remember that? Well, imagine if you got your plastic ring and I came up to you or somebody came up to you and gave you a very, very expensive diamond ring. Which one would you take the best care of? The one in the Cracker Jack box or the diamond, the real diamond? Which one would you make sure you knew where it was at? Which one would you guard? Which one would you put away? Which one would you protect? Which one would you look after? The one that had the greatest value. That's you. You are great value with God. If you don't think you're that, you won't be, you'll you'll, you'll let down your guard. You won't realize the way that you think can affect you. You won't realize the things that you say can affect you. But when you see the value of God's creation, when he created you, it'll change you. Now, let me give you a verse that should transform your life. Matthew 13, verse 45. Hopefully, it'll come up on the screen. If not, I'll just preach it. Matthew 13, verse 45. I don't know if they can get it up here quickly. Uh, 45 and 46. While they're getting this up, this is a particular verse that for years, people have misinterpreted it. They thought out of it in complete reverse meaning of actually what it was. Here it is. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Watch this next part. Who when he found one pearl of great price, went out and sold all that he had and he bought it. Most people think that's referring to a Christian who comes to Christ. They sell everything they have to get Christ. But the pearl is you. Peter describes us a pearl of great price. When Jesus came, representing the Father, he gave up everything to get you saved. In other words, God valued you so much that he gave the most valuable possession that he had, which was his son, for your salvation. Don't tell me you're not valuable. Don't tell me that you're not a diamond in the rough. Don't tell me there's not gold. Once they get that dross out of there, that needs to be... Don't tell me that. God wants you to know tonight that there is such a great value that God places on you. And once you understand that yourself, you're you're going to be careful how you treat yourself. You're going to be careful how you think. You're going to be careful what you say because God created you to change the future. The way you think changes the future. The way you speak changes the future. The way you believe changes the future. You know the verse in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse uh, or 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand the worlds were framed. The word the worlds is generations. The worlds were, or the generations were formed by the word of faith in God's people. It's the believer that stands in faith that changes the culture. The early church did. By AD ninety, I believe it was around there, around AD hundred, the political thing changed. Because the church influenced people to such a degree that that the emperor got saved. And everything started changing. But they were believing for it from the very time they got saved. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, church, give God praise. That's good preaching. Man. But, you know, I, I want you to see this then, that the way I think about myself, the way I believe about myself, will affect what I can receive from God. I want to make sure tonight that maybe you're in that bit, bit low place, the place in your life where it just seems like things are not going the way they should. You just don't feel like you're accomplishing much, don't feel like you're getting anywhere, feel like you're just kind of stuck change your thinking you got to replace that negative thinking with positive thinking so that god can begin to work through you and bring you out of it to a next level there's a breakthrough in your marriage there's a breakthrough in your finances there's a breakthrough there it just comes by getting your mind right with god it will change you forever i want to give you a verse all things are possible for those who believe now, think about that. That's the only time that was said in the, in the, in the Bible. You don't see it in the Old Testament. Well, think of the statement Jesus is saying. All things are possible to the one who believes. Now, let me show your renewed mind how they'll think after. that. I'm going to give you four of the most powerful words. Here they are. Of course you can. Of course, you can have a better marriage. Of course, you can get more money in your wages. Of course, you can reach higher levels. Of course, you can do greater things than you've done right now. Of course, you can have more children in spite of what the doctor says. Of course, you can be healed no matter what they say. Of course, you can live and prosper. Of course, you can. Of course, you can. We got to be telling our children we got to be telling our friends, of course you can if you believe there 's nothing outside of your reach there 's nothing that can 't be touched there 's nothing that can't be obtained that 's in god 's will of course you can yeah, come on. There was a young girl who was born with a a leg her I believe it was her left leg was messed up and The doctor said that she'll never walk. And she's just a baby. And as that baby grew up, she's just walking around, and she can't walk right. And her mom told her that if she believed, she could do whatever she wanted. So she decided when she got old enough that she was going to run in races. And she started out... AND SHE FINISHED THE RACE, BUT SHE WAS THE LAST PERSON OVER THE FINISH LINE. AND EVERYONE THAT SAID THAT SHE COULDN'T, SHE SAID, I CAN AS LONG AS I BELIEVE. SHE KEPT AT IT AND SHE KEPT COMING IN LAST till ONE TIME SHE CAME UP SECOND FROM THE LAST. AND THEN SHE CONTINUED ON UNTIL EVENTUALLY SHE WENT FROM THERE AND WON A RACE. And then she started winning the races and winning the races. And then when she went to college, she had a coach teach her how to really run. And she ran. And she became a world champion runner. And she was told from the very beginning that she couldn't do it. Because, but because she had a mother that believed, if you believe, you can do anything she was able to overcome those obstacles and break through those barriers in her life, which were probably extremely difficult, but she believed. She believes. Hallelujah. I just love it when parents tell their children that. I love it. I love it. I love it when they tell them, listen, guys, of course you can do it. Of course you can do what you want to put, what God's put in your heart. Of course you can just believe. But you got to change your thinking to do that. Some people, some parents, they tell their kids, they tell them that the kids do something great and they go, don't talk like that. That's prideful. But it isn't pride. It's simply faith in what God has given them. We don't want to tell people to talk bad about themselves. We want to tell people to talk good about themselves. You think about it for a minute. I, we've all been taught to talk bad about ourselves. Oh, don't, don't do that, you're prideful, whatever. Did you know in the Bible, Jesus never talked bad about himself? And I'm supposed to have the mind of Christ. He never once said, I'm a loser. He never once says, I'm stupid. Never once said, I couldn't do it. Never once said, you know, I'll never be able to... Never once, never once, never once. Instead, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the power. That's all he said. He never, ever talked down to himself. And we are to have the mind of Christ. So we need to think like Jesus. Amen? And I think this is one of the reasons why some people don't see results is we don't have that in-depth faith. What I mean by in-depth faith is this. Let's say that you, you've studied the Word and you've got 45% of faith, but you've got 55% of doubt in your mind that keeps rolling around and rolling around and rolling around and rolling around. Your faith won't work. Even if you've got 65% faith, And 45% doubt and unbelief, you're still only going to get minimum results. What we got to have is at least 90% faith. And if there's 10% of doubt rolling around in your mind, that other 95% is going to drive it out. Amen? Going to drive it out. Because I'm going to show you how to change your thinking. It doesn't come by I know what to do. It comes by action. And the action has to be fast. You can't be slow. I'm going to teach, I want you to write this down. Whenever doubt hits your mind, replace it with a positive thought immediately. Immediately. Don't wait until the morning. Don't wait for an hour. Don't wait until you... you know, immediately change it because you don't just resist it, you replace it. You say, well, why does it have to be immediate? Because it's toxic. And to give you the, the chapter verse, of uh, Romans 4, verse 17, uh, the Abraham did this. It said that he grew in faith, he is fully persuaded. And it said this, that... He did not consider his body dead or the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he wouldn't let his mind go down that road. He refused to consider that in his thinking that what God said he would do would happen. He wouldn't consider it. Immediately, when that thought came, you know, hey, I haven't had sex with my wife for 10, 10 years plumbing isn't working immediately when that thought came he cast it down immediately when he thought my wife has already been my menopause she can't have children soon as that immediately he considered it not how about you when you're down and out and all the negative things hit in your life, what do you do there? Do you immediately replace it with a positive thought or do you just put it on the shelf and say, well, I'll just wait on it. I'm just having one of those moods today because it's toxic. It's toxic. It's toxic. It's toxic. You can't be exposed to the negative for very long. If you do, it becomes toxic, toxic, and toxic, and, and you'll, it'll shrink your faith down to zippo. Amen. And how many of you had a good friend that ever had a bad bout of gossip? And you loved the friend, but after you were with him for a while, even though you tried to tell him, hey, come on, just forgive the person, move on. After about an hour, you left and you discovered this. Every time I'm with him, I feel terrible afterwards. That's because you exposed yourself to that negative input and you did immediately cast it down with a positive thought come on immediately cast it down with a positive thought immediately cast it down immediately because if you linger with it you're going to have problems and it's going to get you into trouble so maybe you're struggling with healing in your body maybe you're struggling with finances maybe you're struggling with relationships and here's what happens you get in a relationship problem you go out with your girlfriend and you badmouth your husband and so all that negativity is actually taking your faith to make the marriage better less and it won't work or the husband goes out with the boys and badmouth about women are they're always that they're always late they're always this whatever and you don't realize that toxic talk is taking your faith to fix the marriage and causing it to be less and less and less. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at this verse with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to pull down a stronghold. What weapons? The righteousness of God, the blessed plate of righteousness, the, 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 the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, These are all the weapons. He goes on, casting down arguments or imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Oh, wow. Notice it says to cast it down. How do you cast it down? By replacing it. But here's the catcher. Once you have that negative thought, you cast it down by a positive thought concerning the word, and then you hold that negative thought captive by the jailer, which would be the positive word. In other words, you incarcerate all those negative thoughts that were told to you by a well-meaning parent or a teacher that was misdirected or a bad experience that you felt, and you take them and you cage them with a guard that is a positive thought. And you don't let them escape out of jail. You don't let that statement that was said to you years ago ever out of jail. You guard it with the truth. No escape cons. You keep it guarded. You, now, that's a challenge, but I'll tell you what, when you do that, your faith will soar. Because again, if you have, you know, 85, 90% faith, and you got a little bit of doubt left over, that faith will overcome it. But if you have the ratio wrong, and anytime you get toxic, that ratio just begins to change. Toxic, friends. To- One of the most divisive tools on the Internet today is Facebook. everybody and their brother wants to give their opinion everybody and their brother wants to say something bad about someone and people spend their lives going on that stupid thing when you I don't I'm not on Facebook I know I have a Facebook thing I have people that handle it I don't do it I'm not playing that game I'm here to preach the truth amen if I preach on the face on the Facebook what I believed (laughs) I'm sure that probably the internet would cancel me, praise God. But the point that I'm trying to say is that it's toxic, it's toxic, it's toxic. And it doesn't matter what the view is, if it's negative, it's toxic, it messes you up. And so what we got to do is replace our negative thinking with some positive thoughts and you got to instantly, immediately cast down that negative thought when it comes at you. You gotta do it this way. You gotta have power thoughts, power thoughts. So when you're in a struggle, you need a power thought. Woo! What's a power thought? I'm in God's hand, and when I'm in God's hand, no one can get me. Here's another power thought. I can do all things through Christ. Here's another power thought. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Here's another. Uh, here's another power thought. Nothing can separate 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 me from God. These are power thoughts that'll help you overcome when you're facing that. Or here's one of my favorite. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Man, just follow me like a little doggie. When you're feeling down, remember that. Because if you replace it, your faith is going to work. And if your faith is working, it'll happen. Timing is all up to God, but it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen. It will happen if it takes five years, if it takes 10 years, if it takes 20 years, it'll happen. You just got to make sure you stay positive in that area. It will happen because God's word cannot fail. Say amen, praise God. Look at this verse, Proverbs uh, 16, verse 20. Look what it says. Whoever heeds the word of God Wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. That's the wrong verse. The one that I'm talking about, it says, pay attention to, your, to the instruction, and you'll prosper. In other words, pay attention to what is preached. Pay attention to these truths, I'm telling you. Pay attention to it and act on it, and it'll bring you success in your life. One last text. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 8. Look at this. Romans chapter 8 verse five and eight for those who are are, uh, live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh those who live according to the spirit of the things of the spirit now watch this next part for to be carnal minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is empty against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can it be there's two things I want you to see here the carnal mind in the unbeliever is the same type of thinking that could be in a believer believers can be carnal just like people in the world could be carnal amen and he says that if you're carnally minded which means you're thinking in a way that opposes God's word I'm reasoning in a way that opposes God's word I'm justifying in a way that opposes God's word if you do that it says it produces death now here's the catch He's not talking directly about physical death. You remember the prodigal son? He had went out and he had sinned, spoiled his inheritance. And remember when he repented and the father saw him coming and he told his, the older son, he said, your brother was dead, but now he's alive. Well, he wasn't dead physically, but he was dead because he was separated from the father and separated from the father's provision. Your thinking can separate you from the Father's provision. But if you get your thinking in line, peace comes. You get your thinking in line, joy comes. You get your thinking in line, increase comes. You get your thinking in line, revelation comes. You got to get your thinking in line. So that's what he's talking about. And let me close with this and I've seen people die because of what I'm about ready to share with you. In your mind, you have what they call human reason, human logic, where in the natural, this is true. And a lot of people's faith never goes to the next level because of that logic. You go to the doctor, and the doctor says you have cancer. And there's a 75% chance if we take it out now and you do the treatments, you'll recover completely. So you hear it and you go home and you go to the Word and, and begin to get your healing verses and now I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to believe God. And you do it five years later, you're cancer free. Amen. But the logic or the human reasoning wasn't at a level that it was impossible to get past it. But what if the doctor said you have a 2% chance of being healed of the cancer if we do the surgery? Well, you'd probably go ahead and do the surgery anyway, but then you would have to decide, I'm gonna, i i got to believe in the word and think in line with the word even though it goes way past logic and what is true naturally breakthroughs are always like that and I've seen many of you I know you've probably went to psychiatrists counseling and you know what a psychiatrist will tell you if the marriage is in a certain place you guys are just not capable of living together you're going to have to get divorced he's this way you're that way it'll never work out what are they looking at they're looking at logic but we don't look at logic we may use it to get our odds in our favor but when push comes to shove we believe God's word even when it doesn't make any sense and that's how you get past that, some of those barriers in your life. And, you know, when you're raising kids, your dad said, well, you know, if you do real good, you'll do a little bit better than I did. And he said, no, dad, I'm going to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. He looks at him and he said, no, I don't think so. You don't have the education. I'm not sending you into any great colleges. This is the best you can do. That's when this kicks in. Yeah, I know that isn't true in the natural, but I'm not in the natural. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. God has called me to do this thing, and I'm going to believe God, whether it's to get the money to go to the university, necessary to do it. I'm going to go ahead and believe God for it and break through that barrier and you can break through that barrier and you don't got to be married five times to finally get a good one you can get one that's all messed up and you can still believe God and change that one amen change that husband change that wife man am I just preaching myself happy here or what come on you understand what I'm saying you're diamonds in the rough things can change so you're going to be challenged with that it's all in the head if you get your head right after you got your faith You'll be able to overcome, but it's going to take a focus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.